Hello there, everybody, and welcome back to the Sparks and Rhinestones pageant podcast. I am aware it has been a hot minute, but we are in 2022. We are in a new year, and things are incredible right now. <laughs> so much has happened in the past month and a few days. Uh, there's been a lot of highs, a lot of lows, um, and I just wanted to talk about two things before we go into the episode subject today, which of course um, is the too much queen. So what makes a too much queen? What are we talking about? And for me as well, I want to make these podcasts not just informative with, you know, advice for pageants, but I kind of want to interject some, you know, debate topics. I want to discuss certain aspects of pageantry. Um, and with everything, these are always my own opinions from the 12 years I've been in the pageant scene. And of course, they are more UK based pageant um, things because I am in the UK, compete in UK systems. Of course, I have competed internationally, but most of my knowledge is in UK pageantry. I have, of course, judged international, so I do have an insight into um, different pageants in Canada and America. Um, but yes, anyways, let's go on to the subject. So January has been super busy for me because we've been catching up on training. Yummy is next weekend. And some of these girls have been waiting over two years to finally compete. And it is here. Um, so February has been a busy month just for coaching. We have IGM the weekend afterwards. And the weekend after that is Natural Beauty Awards. Um, jump, February is jam-packed. Um, <laughs> Um, and also, if you're listening to this now, um, and hopefully I put this on the right days, there is a free training session for IGM. Um, if you go onto their page, um, it's on the Sunday. Now, usually I am at them. I won't be at this one because I have the whole day booked for um, face-to-face clients um, for Yummy because it's the last <laughs> it's the last week. Um, but it's an amazing session to go to. It's absolutely free. And also, there are some of our products there as well. So... You know, it's like we're there in spirits. <laughs> okay, so what I wanted to talk about is in January, I launched the PM pageantry. So this was a four-part series. Now, it was meant to be five. However, that did change um, with some of the reactions that came back. But I'll talk about that in a minute. Um, so the PM pageantry, uh, it was a look into plus-size representation within mainstream pageants. Um, so this got a lot of good feedback, but also some negative feedback as well. And this is what I'm going to talk about. Now, the PM pageantry actually caught the interest of local news stations and the fact that I was actually on the telly talking about it on ITV West. Um, it was on BBC, it featured on different things in the West, um, newspaper articles. There's one newspaper article that's online on so many different like places in the UK, but also different countries. Like I searched yesterday, it's in Afghanistan and Belize. Um, so it's had an amazing reach to show that pageant girls can be all shapes and sizes. Now, when you say of a mainstream pageant, a mainstream pageant is something that doesn't have restrictions. Now we know that some of the top Grand Sam pageants like Miss International, Miss England, Miss Universe won't allow the winner to be married and won't allow the winner to have kids and there is an age limit. We all know that there will age limits exist in pageants, which is why we have different age divisions, especially me as a Miss. <laughs> I'm definitely not a Miss anymore. Um, I mean, I felt myself 
um, when I was like 25, like I felt more comfortable in the Miz category. Um, I know that some people don't feel comfortable in the Miz category, they want to be a Miss up until they're 30, which is why the age ranges for different pageants. You know, I entered Yummy because uh, 26 was the age for Miz, 26 above. Um, but for some pageants it's 27, for some it's 30. Um, so you have a choice and that's what it comes down to, choice. When I published the second episode, it was actually the first episode, there are a lot of plus size women who felt, um, shorted and they felt that they felt excluded because I didn't include them in the piece. Now, as I said before, this was meant to be a five part series and the last part was going to be why plus size pageants are still needed because there are lots of different ways there and some people complained about me saying they're a gateway into pageantry but they are if you're a plus size woman you lack confidence um some have loads of confidence but you're looking for a pageant that really suits you um and there will be girls that compete in mainstream pageants and go to plus size only there'll be girls that start in plus size only and then go to mainstream um but the first thing you do when you search for a plus size pageant is that will come up, you know, or plus size modeling, that will come up on the search engine. And that's going to be the first pageant you choose. And it kind of, it was really interesting because I never wanted to exclude plus size girls because I'm a plus size woman. And it does irritate me that people think that just because I'm talking about only competing in mainstreams that I'm suddenly putting myself on a higher pedestal. And that's not the case. And this really irritated me is that someone, there are two comments by two different queens. One was that a plus size pageant is a mainstream pageant, um, but with different restrictions. If you have to restrict things, if you can only enter a, a pageant because your size, that is not a mainstream pageant because not everyone can access that pageant. You can then, you know, if you want to be really <laughs> into the details, say that about Miss World, about Miss International, things like that. But they are the, like the main staple of what pageants were. They are some of the oldest pageants around. Um, and then pageants grew and changed. And, you know, here in the UK, with so many diverse pageants. Um, but yeah, and then the other one was that plus size people get judged differently in mainstream pageants. And that is completely false. If anything, sometimes the criteria of a plus size pageant is harder um, because they're not just looking for, you know, the look. They're looking for someone who's going to represent the system, who has a platform. And, and this is coming from my judging experience. I've judged two plus size pageants. I've also judged pageants that have a plus size category. Um, and I've judged lots of different national and international pageants as well. And I don't look at the size of the woman. I look at what they have to offer, what they have to say and how they look as in do their outfits fit does it suit them you know so that's when I took the fifth episode out and I wanted to really promote the fact that we need to have diversity in pageantry because a plus size woman winning a plus size pageant is not shocking it's to be expected a plus size woman winning a pageant that is not known for a plus size woman winning is and you know breaking that mold breaking that stereotype which brings me to of course another amazing news piece that's come out in the last couple of days um of 
Mrs. Galaxy, Miss International UK, Ms. Uh, Great Britain Cat, who have also featured in the PM Plus size, um, the PM pageantry. Again, <laughs> all the words mixed up now. So many P's. Um, you know, showing women of colour, of showing a woman with different minority um, backgrounds winning these titles, they are breaking the mould because it would be when, you know, 50 years ago, white women, you know, the beauty standard of the, the, the blonde hair, blue eyes, you know, there might be some brunettes chucked in there, but, you know, they were all of pale skin, you know, and how can we break these stereotypes and talk about them and make them normalised if we aren't, you know, breaking the mould? It's like trans women belonging in pageants, you know? They shouldn't have to be competing in their own pageants, you know, of Miss Transgender UK. I don't know if this still runs or not because I knew that it might have stopped. Trans women should be allowed to compete in mainstream pageants, you know? Some international pageants allow it, some don't. Some say natural born, some say um, and biologically, others say illegal female. So, you as I said, you can't make the change if you're not ready to make that change um and i've talked about this a lot already <laughs> but i just want people to understand is that with everything in pageantry you're going to have different opinions you enter your pageant systems for different reasons whether you feel comfortable competing in a plus size or whether you want to you know compete in a mainstream pageant it doesn't mean and this this is a massive bugbear as well that if you win a crown in a plus size pageant, it doesn't mean that that crown is any less than winning in another pageant. The crowns are exactly the same. You worked exactly the same. You worked your bums off. <laughs> you worked your little booties off, um, or big booties, to get that crown. You put the work in, you reap the rewards. It's not saying that we categorize, and there are different countries and different things that do categorize the pageants of well these are the best pageants so these are the best winners we don't do that here in the uk because we're all on a level footing and when there was a lot of conversation about why plus size pageants are still needed created by the plus size pageant because there's only one in the uk um you know people noticed these comments people noticed what was happening on facebook and we can't create conversations if we're not willing to discuss and debate. But no way, and I, I will stand by this, no way have I ever said that they're not needed and that they are unworthy, you know, that they are lower just because it's a plus-size pageant. That is absolutely ridiculous. And you can hear my voice change because I don't get how, and this is insecurity on others' path, seeing that, well... I can't go for that crown because I'm plus size. Like, no, you have the choice. We have the choice. And that is what we're trying to get across with representation. You know, would you tell a black woman that they cannot enter a pageant just because they're black? That they have to stick to cultural pageants? Or like in America, they have Miss Black USA. And people ask, why is Miss Black USA still needed? Because, you know, civil rights and human rights and everything like this... It's still in a lot of people's lifetimes, you know. You can't think about it now. You can't fountain the fact that, you know, 60, 70 years ago, so many people did not have rights. And 
these pageants are still needed because it provides a safe space. It celebrates that beauty and that diversity. And the same with plus size pageants. It celebrates the fuller figure. But as I stated, how can we make that impact if we stick to what we know? So that's the first thing of discussion. It's taken a lot longer than I should have. <laughs> so if you're still with me, here we go. And the second, of course, is Chelsea, the shocking news um, that has rocked the pageant community. And this is where we talk about with a lot of people's platforms of mental health, the importance of discussing mental health. And I do also see a lot of posts of, you know, my inbox is open and I get this completely. But also there are some things that we can't offer some things are beyond our reach of comfort, um, which is where professional help is suggested, helplines. Um, you know, especially if you're not in that mental health state yourself. And for me, a lot of strong women, a lot of people who have depression as well, myself, I suffer with depression and anxiety. And actually, it's been really bad since, like, August last year. Um it comes in waves and you have to fight it sometimes and sometimes you could be at your lowest and people will never know because you put on that strong front and the strongest people you say the strongest people to reach out but the strongest people might still say they're okay or you know I can deal with this or I can do that and they won't discuss it further um asking twice you're okay it's all great but for some we won't reply <laughs> you know, we put it down to humour or, you know, it's just making sure that we can offer a safe environment for people to talk about their feelings and validate them and, you know, support everyone's genuine mental health. We can't keep saying, be kind, be kind, but then fuel into the comments that happen when people discuss, you know, international queens or, you know, things like, as I, I don't want to go back to the PM pageantry but you know I suffered a lot during that I had a really a high and a low day on a day when I was training all day it's so hard to deal with my emotions because I could not believe that people couldn't see the view that I had that was like the positive it was such a positive piece and people still managed to bring negativity um into it the same things that happen with incredible queens that are trying to break the mold and talk about their experiences and their discussions and you know international fans are brutal they really are but take this to celebrate not only an incredible woman who did incredible things but take this as a look at yourself to realize that you have achieved so much whether it's pageant personal professional whatever the p's are you have achieved so much and there's still so much to give. Um, there are so many helplines that you can deal with um, if you need to have that talk. And sometimes, I know we say about friends and, you know, I have a great friendship group, which I talk about it. Um, but sometimes uh, talking to a stranger is a lot easier. You know, talk to a stranger on the phone, you can just let out everything you feel. But honestly, 
it's been, yeah, it's been a crazy, a crazy few weeks. And now I'm going to get on to the subject that was originally planned. Um, but you listen to these podcasts, if you do all the time, they usually weave in a different direction and come back to the point. But my topic of discussion today is the too much queen. Coming from someone who has literally just got a book open about women, like empowering women's speeches, I have my laptop, I have also my uni work as well. I have so much open around me right now. And what have I done? I've started recording a podcast. Of course I have, procrastination at its finest. But also it's not because I need to do a podcast. <laughs> so I am procrastinating, but I'm also getting something done. But this brings on to projects. This project is for March. So I've given myself enough time. Now, the too much queen is someone who is doing too much, basically, whether it is going to every single event that is possible um, or joining in every single campaign or creating millions and millions of campaigns and fundraisers. Um, It kind of loses meaning. And this comes to the question that I say all the time to ask yourself, what kind of pageant queen do you want to be? What queen do you want to represent? Are you the queen that goes everywhere, that's involved in the pageant community, who knows everyone and everyone, you know, that social butterfly? Are you the queen that is more active on social media, you know, raising awareness for different causes for your platform? Um, or are you the charitable queen who's, you know, has fundraisers every other month or week or, you know, it comes into your personal branding as a pageant queen um and there are queens that are a mixture of all three um and i will i can use myself in this example i mean i've got other queens <laughs> i can use this example but i'll use myself um because i'm going to tell you the type of queen that i wanted to be and the type of queen for me as you could tell from the first part is to be very proactive and use my pageant voice that is my platform usual pageant voice but I know the limitations that I have so the limitations that I have as a queen is I cannot travel every single place because I don't drive however I do have a pageant buddy Jade and obviously she's my best friend but like in this terms um he will drive or you know I can contact other people I'm like are you driving at this place and arrange it that way um I am a single mother so my time is limited monday to friday i am on mum duty you know i'm not as quick on the inboxes i'm trying to make sure she still stays alive and is entertained and is fed and not destroying the house um <laughs> which is why i limit coaching time of course i had had to bend that rule um up to yummy and had coaching on like a tuesday and thursdays Lots of Wednesdays I've had, but of course she has been at preschool. Um, but, you know, she doesn't complain because she sneaks in chocolate and uh, just chills in her room, um, causing more mayhem. Or she'll come in my room and start climbing over myself while I'm on the call. Um, but I am limited in that time. So when people, some people think that, you know, especially like mums who, you know, stay at home, they think we have all this time. But <laughs> we do not. We do not have any time. And most of the time we are exhausted. Um, but anyway, <laughs> those are my two limitations. So for me, time is very important. I do get the weekends. Not all the time. Um, of course, there will be special occasions. But the weekends are my time. And in that time, I schedule my coaching. I schedule all my interviews for my different platforms. I schedule my planning. And now, of course, I have to 
adjust myself slightly because I now have uni. So I know the limitations that I have, but this is where I change it. So this is why I would identify myself as I do go to different pageant events. I try to go once a month. You know, next month I'll be going out twice. Yummy on the whole weekend. I jam. I'll be there for the, the two, um, the two shows, as you say. And then Nando's in between. Going to enjoy that. Holy me fries. Get at me. Love them. Um, <laughs> just love cheese. Um, but anyways, back to it. Um, so I know that what I have to offer is I'm very good at my interview skills. Not just because I'm a coach, but I'm good at talking to people and, you know, getting, you know, conversation, asking different questions, which is why I have different projects. Now, I also like to have one project a month with the usual pageant voice. The reason I changed my platform is because every month I can focus on something different. January was meant to be um, fat phobia, but of course it kind of changed the peeing pageantry and that was like the main focus of January. So I didn't get a chance to do my usual, but you know, this month is LGBTQ history month. So I have this stuff prepared, just need to post it. And then the next month will be Women's History Month, which I have a project involving other pageant queens. So one project a month is good. I have the platform talks. I have queen chats, which is always in the background, um, and the pageant member club, which is always in the background. Those are two projects that will come and go. Because they are such a niche subject, queen chats is talking about mental health. Not everyone wants to share. Um, the same with the pageant member club. I'm interviewing mums of pageantry, you know, mums who compete, who are pageant queen, but also a mum. Not everyone has that experience. <laughs> so those are very niche subjects. And this is when going into your projects and fundraising, because I feel like I'm just talking about myself. You don't want to hear that. Um, but I'm using the examples of this is what I've always been. Um, before I was a mum, I was working seven days a week anyway um, in the gym, whether it just be a couple of, couple of hours in the morning and then I'd go to an appearance or using the studio for coaching, um, for pageants or just, yeah, in general, I was very, very busy out doing lots of stuff. Um, <laughs> I've always been a busy person because I like to fill my mind and fill my, my diary with lots of things, you know? Um <laughs> Is that I actually, this is just a personal thing, this is a side note, I actually find it really funny that the last time I had, like, a solid, like, engagement relationship, I was doing two part-time uni courses, an MVQ, and two jobs, <laughs> I still had a house to fiancé, uh, <laughs> stability, who, not me here, um, but I have always been proactive on social media, and that's where I'll be known for, I'm the person who, you know, talks loads of stuff <laughs> whether it's on podcasts whether it's on interviews I'm that chatty person um am I at every single pageant event no but I do make it to some you know the south there has a few events sometimes we travel to the midlands sometimes up north um but I'm always there always around so think to yourself if you have a Monday to Friday job not much free time think that you know, okay, if I do social media, I can do this. Scheduling is a great tool and a great tip. Canva as well. Canva, create the infographics, use that time to schedule. Pre-recorded interviews, a great way if you don't have time. 
record all your guests, schedule them out weekly, fortnightly, however you want to do it. I always think that um, for some, like the platform talks I was doing every two weeks, but because Yummy was coming up, every Yummy girl got in. So um, <laughs> we have weekly and then, you know, it will go, go down again um, because not many people will be wanting to film to talk about it because um, it is not necessarily a special subject but not everyone in pageants has platforms and that's going to be a discussion for another podcast but that way you could have your social life you could have your work life and you have your pageant life it's all about organizing and if you want to be known on social media and you want to start your own you know video series absolutely brilliant fundraising fundraising takes a lot of time and effort so if you want to be that charitable queen make sure that the events you're doing are within your means so for me especially it's i always pick events that are low cost to run which means that the money might not be as much you know like they're raising two three hundred pound um but there are no overhead costs or if there is there's very minimum you know if you're looking to raise thousands, you're going to have to up the ante. So there's months of planning, making sure that deposits are in, making sure that everything is right, that you, know, you can get most things sponsored. There are amazing pageant girls that can create amazing events with sponsors. If you do not have these sponsors, you need to make sure that you have the budget to carry it. Because when you, when you do a pageant event, you'll have so many people interested so many people put down deposits and then it gets to the actual event. People can't make it. People are sick, especially with COVID for these past couple of years. They can't make it because they've tested positive. You've now lost out on the rest of that money. You need to make sure that you have enough to cover it. Um, and we always like fundraising for charity, but we need to get out of this narrative that you have to be the person that fundraised the most. No, because this is where it goes into the too much girl because you put a fundraiser after fundraiser after fundraiser raffle 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 um you know photo competitions i want to tell everyone who's listening in pageant world right now especially the people who tag so many people in these things not everyone wants to enter a photo competition yes they get a crown but what happens to these crowns they just get put on a on a on the side they get put on a shelf or they get donated to another one um or they end up breaking in the post or you know it's just you get a certificate now it's great to fundraise cool little fun things you know online pageants were such a huge thing in the pandemic and trust me as someone who judged a lot of online pageants and a lot of online photo competitions some of them had like, you know, one to 10. That was great, great judging. Others were different categories and they were so detailed and it took me three hours. And I was like, at an actual pageant, I would have finished judging by now. This was crazy. Um, <laughs> that's of course like online things, like, cause obviously I did online for Canada and I absolutely loved that because even though it's very, very long, the system was beautiful. I'm going to talk forever about that system. And it's the same system that IGM use. Um, it's brilliant. It's a brilliant system. Um, but anyways, back to the thing in hand. There, if you have, if there's such an influx in photo competitions and online pageants um, and raffles, there are going to be raffles that take longer to fill up. It's the type of thing that you're offering. You know, 
if you're offering something that can be used nationwide, more people are likely to buy. If you're doing a raffle that is specific for your area, it's going to be harder for pageant girls to fill. Also, it depends on the type of item and who it's catered for. Um, but for me, how are you going to explain all of this in your pageant interview? I did a series of raffles. That's cool. But if that's the only fundraising you've done, great. Then talk about, you know, the amount of money you've done and, you know, you can explain it into something else. But you don't have to be doing all these raffles. There's no... Most pageants, if they do have a charity, sometimes they have a minimum of £20 that needs to be donated. This is something that's been in pageants for years. Um, and I remember for some pageants, you know, you turn up and you're like, okay, here's... Here's women's donation. I actually won a, a charity award because I donated like a pound above the minimum <laughs> for one page for one charity pageant. Um, because of course for charity pageants, your charity money usually like the entry usually goes to that charity as well. Um, but if you put too much, we always say about quality, not quantity. If you have like ten or eleven raffles and they're not being filled then something needs to change something needs to change from these raffles concentrate on just one get that filled up first and now i'm going to lead on to campaigns and projects if you have too many projects go in it loses the impact of what you're trying to do now there will be some pageant queens who are known for their platforms there are some pageant queens that are known for the campaigns they create and this is why, as I said, not everyone has a platform, but there's always a month or two months where your platform becomes relevant. So right now we're in February. So heart it is, you know, heart is cancer day today. Um, it'll be, you know, heart disease February. There's a lot of things that happen in February for fundraising. It is known for, you know, being the month to talk about heart disease. Um, you know, March is endometrius month it is also bowel cancer awareness month april um international cesarean awareness month may maternal mental health month when you have mental health awareness week usually the third week um usually falls around my birthday <laughs> um i don't know why i just got in there 10 33 33 this year all fun times, and it's the year of the crown, because Penelope's won a crown already, so I've got, and I kind of have to now, or she's just going to lord that over me. But anyways, back to the thing in hand. There are certain months that you'll do, and of course you can join in campaigns. Um, <laughs> you can join in campaigns. Sorry, I just laughed because I got a message from a client. Um, so sweet. I love this time of year. Um, you can join in all the campaigns, but when I look at an appearance book, and I said a lot of people... In the pandemic, we did so many social awareness campaigns, and now we're like, oh, another one. Remember that Bristol lady on the news? Another one. Um, but this is where you need to be more selective. But then, if you're creating the campaigns yourself, so there are so many awareness days. If you're like, right, I have this campaign for this one, this campaign for this one, this campaign for this one. When it comes to your interview, you know, you know, what have you done? You've got so much to choose from. But also, where is the impact from these? You know, a couple of people joined in this campaign. Five people joined in this campaign. Two people joined in this. And you had ten in the other. The You're not getting the reach is what you would have. And some people will take this as an insult to themselves. And they'll be like, 
or this amount of people joining this person's campaign. Why are people not joining my campaign? The reason they're not joining in is because you have too much choice. You have so many campaigns. There's too many. Like, I really want people to be more selective now of the campaigns that you put yourself up to because when, before the pandemic, my top tip was always to, when you're on a makeup day, change top a few times and get pictures, you know, because don't waste a good makeup day, um, get pictures of different awarenesses. But, you know, a photo <laughs> with a sign can become very boring after a while. Um, you know, and also are people like reading it? Like it's nice to use that photo for a campaign or to use it for someone else's campaign. But when you reuse the same photo or when you re when you use a stage photo or a headshot, it kind of loses that impact because you're not actually joining in the campaign. And then some of these campaigns you're asking too much of people. Like, yep, saying a few words on camera, great oh, you have to do this and you have to do this and then you have to film this and then you have to do this and it has to be sent back in two days. Um, You know, it has to be sent back yesterday. And you're like, oh my God, you're not setting yourself enough deadlines. You're putting too much pressure on yourself to feel like you have to put out these campaigns. And I'm here to tell you that a successful pageant girl is... <laughs> and so I just make me laugh because of course I was talking to one of my clients the weekend. She says I say girl, like rue, girl. <laughs> and now that's all I can think about, Lizzie. <laughs> <laughs> so I know you're listening um <laughs> um but yes so a successful pageant girl is not known by the amount of campaigns they've done they might be known for a couple of campaigns they've done I would love to be known as the person who talked about plus size representation P and pantry um a really good series for me um but I've also done lots of different things you know I'm doing stuff that interests me like the women's history next month um two years ago 2020 I did every day I did um and you can take this idea if you want especially people who actually are really good with makeup because I'm not every day I um had different makeup looks and I had a something on my cheek that represented the person I was talking about um and I loved that and I wanted to do something last year but I just did not have the mental capacity because I had you know, my operation coming up, which then got cancelled, and then I had another one, like, it was a mess of a, a couple of months, but this time, I've had time to think about what I want to do, I have loads of books here at home, and I'm like, right, cool, that's what I'm going to do, that's the only thing I'm going to focus on in March, is doing that, and then there's a couple of awareness days that I will join in, because I join in every year, and I think they're really important to talk about, that's what I want to be known for, I want to be known for the person who, you know, talks about, different conversations that we need from you know women's rights to women's bodies to you know the lgbtq community i want to be known for someone who is using their pageant voice i don't want to be known for someone who's created all of these um campaigns and not followed through make sure that if your platform is not giving you what it needs rethink and rejig you know if you're talking a lot about different conditions and illness make your platform not just one specific part make it an umbrella because then you can then section it but campaigns are not always needed in pageants you don't need a million campaigns telling you about body positivity or talking about what you love about yourself you don't always need it words here there and everywhere it's always the same campaigns over and over again but and um, before you say 
but that's what I want to do. Um, there are going to be repeats. Not everyone has the same original idea. Um, and sometimes there will have to be, you know, the same sort of thing. Um, but these campaigns are all personal to you. They're your branding. They're your name that is put on top of it. And a too much queen is doing too much. Strip it back. Couple of campaigns a month if you need to. Um, because you get yourself stressed. You're doing all these things. I'm stressed now just thinking about the one project. And I'm also talking here like I've not finished the last episode of the PM pageantry. And it will get done. <laughs> it will get done this month. Um, but, you know, it's it's already created those conversations. It's already created the buzz that it needed. Um, and, of course, this last episode is, you know, the struggles of a plus-size girl with, like, how we're competing. Um, but... That will be done. It's on my to-do list, which is very long right now, but we're not looking at that. <laughs> but, yeah, it's just too, too much. So if you do too many fundraisers, you, and also you have to realise as well, not everyone can donate. Not everyone can join in. The virtual events, not everyone can get there. Actual events, not everyone can get there. Also, the charities you're fundraising for. I'm more likely to donate to charities that I feel more aligned to, I've had experiences with, or family have had experiences, um, or if it's, like, my good friends who I really want to support, it, you know, their event might not be something I'm interested in, but I still donate, because it's, like, I see you, I see you're working hard, um, here's, like, a little donation, you know, I'm a firm believer in doing, like, lots of nice little random acts of kindness, because there are fiend days of it as well, which you can do, but I like to do that all year. Um, and I don't necessarily need to publish about it. But then those days are good because then you can see all the joy and the fun. And there's so many things. But yeah, anyways, <laughs> let's go back to the matter of hand. Um, the same with going to events as well. A lot of pageant queens will face burnout because they're traveling all to these events. And I'm going to tell you right now. If you enjoy them, that's absolutely fine. That's your social life. You know, live in your life. You're getting the experience. But if you're not getting the acclamation you deserve, the respect, the admirement um, of what you should, like, for example, if you're judging at loads of different events, you're not getting a thank you, um, you're not getting anything like that. And we don't do it for the thanks, but it's nice to be acknowledged for that. Um, and... I want to tell you now that the person that goes to all the events is not always the person who wins. Um, you know, you have to find that balance with everything. You don't need to know everyone in pageants. You don't need to like everyone in pageants. <laughs> I would say that now. You don't need to like everyone. You don't need to know everyone. It's nice to, of course, talk to people, but please, like... You don't have to be known as the person who knows everyone. If that's who you are, if that is your social butterfly, that's absolutely great. But that's not what's going to get you points. So when you look at your pageant journey, focus on what you want to represent, what you want to do. Are you doing too much? Are you doing too much? Ask yourself that. Look at your time. Look at what you have to offer. Are you doing too much? Are the campaigns you're joining in, do they actually resonate to you? Or have you just got a random obscure day? We made the joke about National um, Sausage Roll Day and all of those campaigns. Like, did you need to take the time to write the post, take the picture, edit the picture to your, like, infographic um, and then post it? Did you need to do that time? 
look at that time been done something else i'm not talking about you yeah, have 24 hours in a day blah 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 blah, blah. um <laughs> we're not talking about that at all but i'm talking about that time that you used for that you could have used for a campaign that actually meant something to you or you know to read a little bit more into a campaign that you've seen you're like oh i want to learn more about that and that brings me to the last point is in pageantry we are, i did do a post about it about you know starting projects and not finishing them so i have to say this now that there are pageant people who create a number of different things and don't follow through they create charity pageants that go nowhere you know they advertise it they get the judges doesn't go anywhere they create pageant businesses that don't go nowhere like pageantry is all about reputation in some parts um if you're starting all these projects and not finishing them what is that saying about you that you're not going to finish a project it means if you're going for a crown like are you going to get to the end result um are you going to do anything all these plans all these projects um and i think that representation <sighs> representation um <laughs> reputation and representation all the r's we've got all the p's now we're going into the r's um reputation is not important as in like what you're it's what you're remembered for as a pageant queen that's why i talk about reputation um and if you're putting your energies into a project you need to be completely happy with the outcome you're allowed to change your mind you're allowed to stop but if you then invited people to um be a part of this project or you've taken people's money big thing if you've taken people's money and not done anything with it you know, you've not given a, an act of service, you've just taken someone's money and nothing is come from it. Um, you don't have to be a pageant queen that has their fingers in so many pies. There are some incredible pageant girls who do and they succeed about that. For me, like, I don't want to brag on myself, but I'm saying like I have sparkles, I'm an author, I do a lot of good, I do a lot of stuff with pageant prep, you know? Whether or not that conflicts with other people's pageant prep, like material i like to pride myself that we are the, the very first uk pageant book like pageant advice book we're the very first you know will that change in a few years i do hope so not just yet <laughs> wait till i'm out of pageantry no i'm joking but you know if you want to create a book that's great if you want to then put it on amazon that's absolutely incredible because that's a step further than i've done mainly because and i always say this i could put it on amazon but I love to know who actually buys my book because I know what system they're competing in. I know who, like, if I can give them any advice about that. Um, it's just me being nosy, to be honest. <laughs> um, you know, maybe one day when I'm not coaching anymore, um, I've got myself a real job. <laughs> it's very much real, but you know what people say. Um, you know, and there are lots of girls i said loads of pageant incredible pageant girls who have so much you can take um holly for example not only being the director of so many pageants but also having the dress studio having rain rain management like so many incredible things having stuff like that's that's a, a boss babe if you've never seen one that is the definition right there you know and that's from being in pageants for a long time you can have that how you created the crown coach you know and has lots of different divisions of it like the crown camps and the coaching and now she has the charity pageant as well like and loads of other pageant queens have done that created businesses from pageants um but it's knowing 
it's knowing that balance of pageant life and normal life, knowing that balance of, am I doing too much, you know? I wanted to offer loads of courses, I do walking, and now I've stripped back and go, actually, I'm going to do a couple walking, and I'm going to go back to the confidence sessions twice a year. I love those sessions, it's really good, we went through everything in pageants, love that. Because now I can then focus on virtual coaching and focus on the stuff I want to do as a pageant queen. So, my advice to the girls who feel like they have to do so much stuff is to strip it back. Focus on what you're good at. Focus, and if you're not good at anything, which I doubt that you, you know, everyone has a strength. Focus on that. We don't have to have a platform. You don't have to be fundraising loads for charities. You don't have to be going everywhere. You don't need a million campaigns. You don't need a million pageant businesses. You don't need all of that. Because at the end of the day, when you go into an interview and you start talking about all these different projects, the judges are like, cool, so you, you've done a lot of projects. But then I'm thinking to myself in my head, Okay, so she'd done all of these projects, but what was the best one out of them? What was the one that really talks to her? Because if she did a campaign for National Sausage Roll Day and a campaign um, for Take a Selfie Day and for Friendship Day and for this, and I'm like, these are all, like, obviously, like, they're obviously great campaigns of different things. Um, but, like, that's not what you're known for. Like, did you, because if you had a platform, I've lost that platform. I don't know what you stand for as in your platform because you've been doing all these different campaigns. But if you had a great platform, but I've not heard about it, you've missed the opportunity to talk about why it was your platform, what you've done of it, what you plan to do. Because you only get three or five minutes for the judges and the judges want to get to know you. I couldn't care less if you've done... 89 to 100 social awareness campaigns. I want to know what one mattered to you the most. What one did you love doing? Which one gave out the best message to you and what you can talk about it? Um, so to conclude, and this episode has been a hot mess because it's been here, then everywhere, but I've started talking now and I'm not stop it. <laughs> um, <clears throat> to conclude pageantry is such it's it can be a good and bad thing for most people there are the good sides and the bad sides and for me I enjoy pageants because I love putting out what I put out I'm so interested in you know historical figures I love history like my first degree is classical history and the second is psychology um I'm not I'm not loving the science part of it though (laughs) And this is not even the science part. I'm learning about infectious diseases, which after two years of COVID, it's a bit like, oh, girl, really? Um, <clears throat> but anyways, um, you know, I love talking about mental health and talking about different issues of the world. And for me, it kind of feels like, you know, I get to have these great conversations. We're creating more conversations. You know, there are things I think, oh my goodness, I didn't actually think about that or how that was perceived or, you know, you're always constantly learning. And for me as well, I'm like 100% if there is an opinion you don't agree with or something that I've put which isn't correct, pull me up on it. I mean, I love a message. I mean, you can put the comment, but pull me up on it. We can have that discussion, you know, and that's what a pageant journey is. It's not just putting stuff out there. It's the growth that you have for yourself and for the system and what you can represent. Um, 
there's so many like pageant pageants are my social life let's be honest you know I don't have a boyfriend <laughs> um I have a child so on the weekends it's like oh what can I do that doesn't involve uh <laughs> Paw Patrol or anything like that um picking up play-doh um but yeah there's so much good and bad in pageantry and it's picking the parts that work for you because working towards a title there is pressure yes but it shouldn't be where it takes out all your enjoyment you know like oh I've got all of this to edit like and I'm never going to get this whereas for me I've been doing the infographics for um you know facts about lgbtqa plus okay all the letters that's not even all the letters as well um the facts and i'm intrigued i'm interested and i want to learn more about it and that's what's helping me learn and whether one or two people read about it for me is educating myself um so there's still enjoyment there but if i'm like oh i really don't want to do this i've got too much to do like i'm just not loving it once the enjoyment goes out of your pageant journey that's it you know that it's a hard thing to come back and especially for people who've been trying to compete for the past two years um it's been a such a long journey um and this is where people have learned to not be a too much queen and to rest and you know put their points in their life where they may go radio silence on pageantry for a month and they come back bigger and stronger you know you're allowed to have time you're allowed to have breaks you're allowed this. Honestly, the conception that pageant queen has to be on it 24-7. We started it at the first lockdown. We were like, right, perfect. These three weeks are a perfect time. We're off work. We're all stuck in our houses. Let's get planning. And then the lockdown got longer and longer and longer. And things got more serious. And, you know, stuff hit the fan. And I was like, oh, <laughs> oh, dear. Like, you know, but we still didn't need to have that mentality of we need to keep doing stuff, we need to keep doing that. The same with platforms. And I'm going to talk about this more of, you know, is the platform overused? Because for me, I'm a big advocate for a platform. But not every pageant needs it. You don't need it. Um, but yes, so let's not be a too much queen. Let's do the things that we enjoy. If you want to be everywhere, that's absolutely great and fine if that's what you want to do. But then look at the content and look at the quality of what you're producing. If there's no quality, there's no point of putting it out there. Let's be honest. There needs to be a message. There needs to be a meaning. There needs to be some cohesive of it, you know. Celebrating random days is great, but what does it have to do with your pageant journey? And there are things that we will do as just normal human beings that don't need to be part of your pageant, like part. You know, it's good to talk about them, but not pageant appearances. Um, so, yes. If you are here at the 15 minutes, I applaud you. Cookies for you. But then you might not get them because I've eaten them all. Um, I actually don't have any cookies in this house, which is quite actually sad. Um, I'm going to go have some strawberries. Because <laughs> I do eat healthy, you know. Um, but uh, thank you so much for listening. Um, the little rant at the beginning, talking about the too much. I just, I really want passionate girls to enjoy their journey and you know if I ever talk to you about pageant stuff it's always from a place of love because I want to you know especially as a coach there are times when girls are talking 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 and you know I'm like this is too platform based or we want to see your personality or you don't need to talk about that you know I want to get to know you we have gotten to this place 
as pageant girls where we feel like we have to tick all these boxes in order to win and that's not the case um some girls have won doing absolutely nothing towards the final and some girls have won doing everything towards the final um you know people have won with platforms people have won without them people have won with high charity figures people have won them with low um we need to get out of that um headspace of we have to do this this and this we have to tick certain boxes we have to look a certain way and be a certain way um i really hope that you know the videos of the plus size representation and you know different minorities and skin color um queens and the different messages that they convey and bring to you will inspire you to know that you don't have to you know dim yourself down to fit a system you know just because a queen is known so let's use an example of i'm gonna use the emmy queens um 2018 to 2019 we were here there and everywhere and we won it international so we were here there and everywhere then the 2020 the 2019 to 2020 and obviously expanded because of covid you know had that pressure of having to live up to that but you didn't have to because you're queens in your own right you know and i can tell you every queen in the system i can tell you their platform i can tell you what they've done um you know for other systems as well you know diamond had the charity and appearance points you know before competing yet people who won had only entered a month before you have to break that whole notion of we have to do a certain amount we have to be like the past queens they're not looking for the same thing they're looking for uniqueness <laughs> they're looking for <laughs> that's gonna quote drag race them no, they're looking for someone who is you know unapologetically them course that comes with boundaries as in you know like nudity and um language and you know all the all that sort of stuff but the judges know that you're a person you know and people know you're a person and we don't talk about subjects you know like i'm <laughs> all the time i have i suffer really badly with my ibs and sometimes i just have to be real i'm like yeah like i'm just a gassy queen that's who i am but that's what i'm going to talk about i'm, a, I'm an adult I'm past 30 okay like we just yeah we have to get ourselves out of that pageant perfection box um you know because perfect queens do not exist okay so don't be a too much queen don't be doing too much do what you're capable of I'm never going to say dim yourself to you know or like stunt yourself if you want to do all that stuff great but make sure that you're doing it for the right reasons like, just because um, there are certain expectations put on you by any system, like, don't feed into it. Because that's where the negativity starts, that's where the self-doubt starts, that's where the insecurities. And that's sometimes what you project on other people, Um, you know. I see so many times the statuses of, oh, not many people join my campaign, I only have one person join, like, what is it about me? And it's, I've said it before, I hate statuses like that because it just puts yourself in such a negative light and it just doesn't look good at all and it makes me not want to join your campaign i know a lot of people are like oh my god yes let me do this let me do that it makes me not want to join because it's like you do the campaign because you wanted to highlight this yes not many people joined in but some people have the message is still out there um but yeah so many things for another day but now I need to get to uni work and I also need to eat. So strawberries and a bagel are calling me. Um, but thank you so much. Of course, we had pageant con. Um, 
which is incredible. We raised 300, well, 305 actually for Patty's surgery. Um, it will be back January next year and we run fundraising for Switchboard. And I am also going to do a birthday celebration um, interview course. Um, it'll be £10 and that'll be going to Switchboard and that will allow you for the two hours and also um, some index cards with different interview scenarios which I need to create. Um, so... <laughs> They're not just happening then. But that'll be the end of March. I'm looking at March 26th because that is our fifth birthday. Um, but, you know, I was going to hold an event, but I knew my limitations. And, you know, I was like, right, no, let's do it virtual because that means less planning, less prep. Well, obviously, there's more prep because I have to create the course and do all the infographics for it but I don't have to go to a venue I don't have to set up I don't have to worry about people not turning up um you know it is what it is with virtual but we also have you know top tips coming now so we have lots of quick videos we used to do these a lot but they're quite long videos so I'm trying to keep them as quick as I can um sometimes they're a minute sometimes they're five minutes that's quite quick for me <laughs> especially if you're listening to this podcast it's been nearly an hour um but <laughs> yes and of course we have the handbook and flashcards available uh i will not be bringing any products to yummy because i have penelope and let's be honest penelope is a law than herself and now that she is mini miss atlantic she is a queen so she'll be on her queen duties which will most likely be trying to pull my top down and talking about how things do loud and avoiding pictures um because <laughs> she's gonna get shy a lot of pageant girls her last pageant event she was like one i think yeah and we went to watch mr vine um and yeah she loved that but it was obviously a smaller audience smaller venue um but yeah no um so nothing will be brought to yummy but i can bring some stuff to igm please do remember that the flashcards i have to hand make um i obviously get them printed but they have to cut them laminate them and cut them again so they might take longer um but yes and coaching will resume like <laughs> i'm so busy like february is a busy month but i'm restricting because obviously i'm getting my first two essays and i've got two pageants uh right coming on um but then we'll be prepping for natural beauty if you are listening you're a natural beauty title holder um remember i judged last year so i do know the criteria and i can help you get that um but yeah uk's national miss obviously prepping myself um and i'm just so looking forward to everything that's happening right now so many exciting things happening so remember you are incredible you are amazing you are loved and you are worth it thank you so much for listening